Cast. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. The power is within. It really is. And women, you said it before, women have been doing this for so long. It's encoded. It's the other thing that it is encoded in our DNA. We know how to birth. We're born with the physiology to birth. So don't, you know, to anyone listening that is questioning whether they can do it or not or whether they can do it with or without drugs or with or without, you know, pain relief, it's we were born to do this without any intervention. Welcome, beautiful souls, to season two of the Cosmic Love Antenna with your host, Harrison Ma. I invite you on a mystical voyage from the intellect to the soul, delving deep into the mysteries of love's spiritual essence and its unfolding. This podcast celebrates the peeling back of heart layers, revealing profound lessons, interviews with spiritual seekers, and practices to open your heart to love's infinite wisdom. Good morning, evening, afternoon, beautiful beings. Welcome back to the show and welcome back to another spiritual loving cosmic dance into a topic and theme that I know is going to give you a lot of value and guidance here today. Before I get into all of the goodness of all things spiritual conscious and heart-centered birthing, a reminder and a quick foundation here for everyone tuning in either to the podcast or live here today. If this chat hits your heart, which I know it will, please share this out far and wide with a lover, a family member, a friend that you know it can support. How you can build the show is leaving your feedback, your perspectives, your comments over on Spotify and Apple. And if you are joining live today on Facebook, on LinkedIn and YouTube, as I've started to do here, if you have questions that come up within this flow that you want to add in, please leave them in the comments and I'm going to be doing my best to to check as we flow. Today, I have the beautiful pleasure of having my divine friend, Lucy Proud, here on the show to talk about spiritual conscious and heart-centered birthing. Lucy is a spiritual educator. She is an intuitive soul guide, a loving empowered woman wisdom leader and she's a heart-centered soul today we're going to dive into what does it mean to have conscious and spiritual birthing practices what is the difference between hospital birthing home birthing free birthing i want to discuss with lucy creating a spiritual landing pad and so much more lucy welcome back to the show my friend Thank you, Harrison. It's so beautiful to be here and chatting with you again. Yeah, you say again, Lucy, for people tuning into the show live, I would keep your eyes open on the podcast feed because I've already had a chat with Lucy about all things heart-centered parenting. So we had a, a beautiful conversation. And I think let's start with this, Lucy. We had a beautiful conversation and then I landed back in on your Instagram page And I'd highly encourage people to tune into Lucy's socials, which I'll put in the show notes. On her lovely Instagram page, she has a video. It's of you, of Lucy, giving birth in a a water birth. And it's, it's very powerful and beautiful in many ways. But I'm wondering, Lucy, if you can speak to the impact that this video has had. Yeah, so, you know, for me, that particular uh, video was uh, my most recent birth, birth number three. Um, It was a a free birth, which I know that we're going to talk about in this conversation. And 
the int- the the remarkable thing is that um, it's a water birth, obviously at home, where we were living at the time, and uh, unassisted. So just my husband and I, um, you know, doing our thing. We'd done it two times before, so this was, you know, had become very much, um, you know, woven into the fabric of where we were comfortable with. And not only was it a beautiful water birth, you know, and very much a moment of us empowering ourselves and very much an an initiation of the mother-father codes, but it was uh, my baby came out breech too which you know in i guess the umbrella of uh, explain that lucy for yeah for people that you know mothers out there they might know that but for i really want this show today to reach everyone what does that what does that mean yeah so uh breech birth is when the baby is round the other way so um it can be bottom first or even feet first and um she was bottom first and it, the the incredible thing to that I guess the video you know in itself has inspired is that there's been this general understanding or something deemed you know um, scary it, yeah scary. that. Scary um, that the breach is not normal. Yep. That breach is dangerous. That there's complications with breach, and there's only one solution for breach, which is to go to hospital and have a cesarean. And you know, and that's that's absolutely fine for people that choose that path. However, the narrative that goes on with majority of mothers is that even if they present as breach they want to still be able to have a natural physiological birth. Mm. And a lot of them want to be able to do it at home. Mm. And I guess the video went so far and wide, you know, over a million views through various um, people's platforms because people are starting to wake up and go, wow, this is possible maybe their personal story is I this was my situation and I didn't get to do this I didn't know and you know the whole arena of birth at the moment let me jump in here Lucy because this is this is really for people tuning in this is really why I want to have this conversation with Lucy because and and why I wanted you to start with this story of you explaining this experience. And we're going to break it down a little bit more here. And we're going to talk about water birth and all the things. I feel this is one of the symptoms of a greater awakening that is happening for all of us, right? It's happening in all of our lives. And, but now it's seeping in as your video, as, as the example, it's seeping into the, into the birth world. And it's not just about, breach it's not just about the water birth it's about within this theme today what is conscious spiritual heart-centered birthing at large and it's and this is not an adding of this is a reminding of that this is always an option this is always there right so i want to jump to my first questions here my friend but do you anything else do you want to finish that that thread with just to before we move on with the breach and the water birth. Yeah, just just that, you know, to be able to birth the way that you want to birth, a woman wants to birth, uh, a man and a woman, a couple choose to birth is the ultimate reclamation of personal power. And it's the energy that we need to really have that huge transformation to go from you know, maiden or warrior into, you know, boy and, and, and girl into mother, father. And, you know, that energy precedes everything. It's, it's the way we parent moving forward. So it's very important that regardless of the choices that each individual birthing person makes, it needs to be their choice. And, and, and in order to do that, we need to know what's possible. Yeah. 
hence this podcast <laughs> it's this spreading out this education because we don't we truly don't know what we don't know and if we can have all of the information and i guess let me be clear before we move on here lucy i know you agree with this we're never going to know all the things and and i i want to i share this because some of the themes we're going to hit on today it will be easy especially if you are a parent currently haven't birthed yet or you've birthed already have children like many other themes in the spiritual path, we can hold on to guilt and shame around past choices that we've made. And that is not what both Lucy and I are here to do, but as an individual, we must also see these pieces and these choices that we've made with the information that we've had, release that guilt and shame, and then within our heart space, you know, make, make another choice, make a choice that is more aligned with where we're at. Right, and that is really a big intention of this show today. Lucy, I think where we can start is, can you give us a quick overview for people that are new to this world? What is the difference? And, we'll, and we can break down aspects of this as we go. What are the main differences between a hospital, hospital birth, a home birth, and a free birth. Yeah. So, I mean, hospital birth and home birth, the, you know, the names pretty much speak for themselves. Um, it, you know, within the hospital realm, there are many variations. You know, you can be in private, you can be in public, you can have an, um, just be under the guidance of an OB, so an obstetrician. That's, a, a you know, a, the medical um, surgeon in the birthing world, um, or you can go down a more um, organic path within the hospital system, which is to um, enlist or engage with a midwife. And so there are many options in, in the hospital realm, and these days we are seeing certain hospitals, especially um you know, some some hospitals are offering, you know, the midwife or the midwifery service and then encouraging women to birth at home. So they might go into the hospital for all their appointments. Um, then they have that midwife or a chosen midwife attends their home birth, which is a really, really beautiful option, you know, for a lot of people. That One of the things that I find quite difficult is um, the birthing world is still quite um, discriminative around it depends what you can afford and it depends not just on your awareness of what's available but you know to have a home birth which is you will have um, in the classical sense you will um, you know engage with a private midwife mm. Or, or a, and a doula too, right? Doula is optional. Doula is yep. optional. Doula is a non-medical um, support person. So they are trained in um, more of the um, energetic, emotional aspects of supporting and empowering a woman to be able to birth in her own, in her own way, her own self. And, you know, trained on how to sort of net woman even beyond in postpartum and so forth. And to sort of flow in here, uh, I know where you're going next with the, with the free birth, but my understanding and experience with doulas, like Lucy's saying, that energetic support, and we're going to speak about this later, in regards to creating the landing pad, for the soul to come in, that energetic support starts to fill in some of the holes that maybe we've overlooked, right? That, that, that we've been so focused, right? And just so people are clear, I don't have any children and it may be in my future. We'll see what happens. But from my understanding of talking to people like Lucy and doing my own research, we spend a lot of time focusing on the physical, which is needed, obviously. But this is another area of our life where we can overlook the necessity of energetic 
sort of guidance, right? It sounds like, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, Lucy, but that is sort of where the doula comes in to maybe fill any spaces that we've overlooked. Yeah, and I would go as far to say that it is possibly the most important Mm -hmm. aspect of birthing because, you know, birth is a natural process. Women are born to do it. Men are born to be able to hold that space. We just need to lean in and find that path that helps us remember. And in my personal experience, it was really um, helpful for me first time round to learn all about the natural stages of the birthing process and have a little bit of knowledge behind me so I knew what was going, you know, going to occur physically during birth but the the energetic and the um spiritual and and the nurturing that we is you know something that we really really need in order to hold that container and feel safe because birth happens when we feel safe and you know originally you know hundreds thousands of years ago we were living in a village with that spiritual and emotional support from the women around us. And my, in my own particular story in this lifetime, I, at the time of my pregnancies and my births, I didn't have women around me. So I was very blessed to find a midwife that became um, that physical help for me assistance for me and by assistance I mean um she didn't interfere with my actual birth she held space she held space and she gave me the knowledge um to empower me and and also the spiritual platform and the nurturing platform you I want to pull out something you said Lucy and it's you've made a very interesting contrast between tribal societies and where we are now. And I want to speak to all the listeners that maybe are aware of some of these topics already, the home birth, free birth, uh, you know, hospital, hospital births, and all the things that come in with it. It's very easy, much like within the diet world, to become tribal around one or the other. I am a free birther, I am a only hospitalized allopathic, or I am a you know, wherever you want to fit in. And much like where all sort of tribal tension is formed, this isn't black or white. And I think a big part of that, like you're alluding to, Lucy, is yes, tribal societies had a lot of ideal ways of supporting that spiritual essence that we are. While at the same time, I would assert, and I think we talked about this in our first chat, Lucy, the stresses that we're exposed to on all the different levels are vastly different. So, and it's, I want to get your thoughts on this, Lucy, uh, having experienced multiple different kinds of births. When we, when we are in this process of going through the birth process, I think it's very important to release belief systems, right? Have all the information so you know what is, what is out there but at the time where things are happening, i.e. the child is coming, remove the belief systems and allow the, the guidance to take over. What are, your, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, and, you know, you hit the nail on the head because that really is where I feel that, you know, um, the crux of, you know, birthing is really all about and you know the conscious birthing world at present is is very aware that you know when a woman becomes pregnant she has 9 months journey through whatever comes up for her and it with if you have hold the awareness it does come up the fears the information around your own personal birth when your mother birthed you and that stuff does come up so when we learn to pay attention and and be aware of all of those things, it really is a beautiful process of nine months of having an opportunity to transform and release those belief systems so that by the time we're birthing, we really feel like we are this 
clear vessel and, you know, we're not going to clear absolutely everything and that's not necessarily the aim. But I can tell you now that in my own personal births, when I became pregnant with baby number one, I said, right, no medical intervention for me, not happening. You know, and that was that was my ego. It was coming from a place of fear because I didn't want to go into the hospital system where I felt my personal power might be taken away from me. I didn't know what was going to happen. Um, I didn't know anyone particularly that had horror stories, but it wasn't the way that I had wanted to birth. And, of course, we get to 39 weeks, which is, you know, a, a average gestation of pregnancy is 40 weeks. A lot of women give birth anywhere between 38 and 42, 43 weeks. We get to 39 weeks and um, my midwife, so everything was planned for home birth, my midwife says, oh, the baby's turned around. Mm. She said, you know, I don't birth, birth breach at home. And so I go into panic. All my fears are activated. I'm thinking the worst, the worst thing is going to happen. I'm going to go into hospital. I'm going to panic and I'm not going to be able to do it. And it means I'm going to have to have drugs. And then I'm, the drugs are going to catapult me into being cut open. And all, all, all the stories, all, all the, stories. the stories came yep. up. And I can tell you now that as soon as I made peace with that story, went, no, that's not going to be my story. My midwife doesn't feel safe to birth at home. So we have an arrangement where we can go into hospital and she can still be with me and she can still guide me and I'm going to do this. And, of course, that's that's exactly what happened. Natural physiological birth, probably the most difficult birth to have, which was the baby was feet first. And But the empowerment that came from facing my fears and also moving through a challenging um, birth position, you know, position-wise, and also it was a challenging birth because of that, was probably the most euphoric I've ever been in my life. And I mean euphoric for about six months. Just incredible. Lucy, I want to thank you for sharing that story because you shared a little bit of it last time we had a conversation, but it fits perfect within today's, you know, foundation of conscious birthing. And I, I want to really highlight something significant here. It's what can happen when we remove those ego masks? What can happen when we move remove those stories and belief systems? Right. And this is this is not just in this birthing conversation, right? This is in all, in all, all if you're looking to have a spiritual life at large, one of the things that the ego fights at, fights up against most is its own death, right? So that's what you experience in many ways is that all of that was coming up. You were breaking out the beliefs, trying to break out, but the ego was holding on. But then when you released it, you know, that wave of, as you said, you said euphoria, I would call it love same thing that love moved through you i i want to go back here and i just want to welcome people popping into the facebook chat if you have any questions beautiful beings as we go for either myself or the lovely lucy please add it in and uh we'll bring it up where we can i want to go back to something you said and and it's this understanding that we could have all the planning in the world but then the soul comes in and we will speak more about this later in terms of making the landing pad. But here in this moment, I want you to speak to this, Lucy, the understanding that the baby comes in, in most cases, especially now in this awakening that we're in with its own set of karma, right? With its own, with, you know, it comes in with its own story, its own, energy to balance with its own interactions to face. So why I share that is you might have this plan of having this soul move through this particular set of hoops, but that soul might be coming in totally different, planning on some other hoops to move through. So I'm wondering if you can speak to this in your experience, Lucy. Yeah, well... You know, birth itself is really that, you know, opportunity to go into full surrender. Uh, you know, that is how 
natural birth happens and pleasurable birth happens um, when we surrender. So we are given this opportunity to witness not just this radical transformation over nine months, but then this moment of, you know, this soul and this its little earthly body being birthed into this world and the opportunity to learn how to surrender and come back to the true self and you initiate those light codes, those mother codes, and you're birthing this incredible being. And, you know, it, it's never going to look like you think it's going to. And as as humans, but especially women as, as the mother, um, we must lead from that place of surrender and flow because your children are never going to, you know, be how you idealise them or um, how you want them to behave or, you know, life's never going to go perfectly. Your child doesn't sleep when you need sleep. You know, it's it's this sort of dance that you start to make and you learn to adjust. And when you go against the flow of that, life becomes pretty difficult, you know, but when you are in flow, you know, you you synchronized with this beautiful soul and and their karma becomes part of your karma and it's 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 a dance where you learn to you know what my my oldest my he's five and what he's going through um and it's it's these are the subtle things that I'm picking up it it doesn't look like anything on the surface but um the the things that he journeys through are teaching me so much about myself and so and and my husband too you know we both are just in awe of how all three of our children activate different aspects of of ourselves and it's it's the greatest gift that you can ask for like these little beings that you know actually are helping you grow helping you become you know who you truly are and 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 it's probably the most radical quickest way I know to tap into love because it, it is love at first sight. It is. <laughs> this practice, Lucy, I, again, I want to underline this here, this practice of connecting to the children and for people popping into the episode today, we talked about this in our first chat, which will be at the time of this release will be out. So go back and listen to our first conversation around heart-centered parenting. But I want to give a tip here for, because Lucy, you're saying this as a, a very expanded spiritual soul who's very used to this world, but for the people tuning in that, okay, I get this, but how do I practically do that, right? What are some of the practical things to start doing this? Well, you know, first place to start is going inside, right? Creating space within yourself to listen to what's being said so you then can connect to either the children you have or the children that are coming in. Can you speak to this, Lucy, quickly? And I want to go back. I want to hear you speak a little bit about um, free birthing because we, we we skipped over that piece. But can you quickly just sort of share your views on meditation as a way to connect to these souls that are coming in? Yeah, so, you know, I... I feel very blessed that my journey led me into, I mean, I, I feel that I've been meditating my whole life ever since I was a child, but active, the active learning of meditation when I was um, probably 18. So, you know, and I had my first child at 35. So I had, I had a lot of self-awareness and, and the ability to tune right in and listen to myself as that moment of becoming a parent arose but it still threw me because it's a very different process to go and find a quiet moment and sit on your own and and tune in you as parents we need to develop the ability to be able to be present in the moment and tune in and meet that child where they're where they're at in that moment and there could be other things going on in the room or in life or in that environment at the time. So what happened to me is I learned very quickly to drop the ideal of 
you know, oh, I need to go and find an hour to sit by myself. And I learned how to just be more present in every moment, which is the ultimate meditation, isn't it? Being it's mindful. Being mindful. And, you know, I feel, you know, these children are literally reflections, you know, constant reflections saying, I'm here, be mindful, be present. And when the child um, is acting out or um, having some kind of um, heightened expression or emotion, it's usually because we're not being present and we're not meeting them where they're at. And it can be as simple as applying things like, you know, getting down to their eye level and really connecting with them every day, multiple times a day. But if it, if, if that's a new practice for you, you know, make it once a day to really connect with the child because the child needs to be heard and needs to feel seen. And then that connection is is formed. Their emotional needs are met and, and they're more willing to connect rather than disconnect from life. And then it, it makes the whole process a lot, a lot easier. But I guess the crux of the work is, is also doing the work on yourself. So it's being willing to be present within. And that does take discipline, but it's not difficult. It just takes consistent action and a, and a willing a willingness to to commit to self every single every single day. I think a part of that, Lucy, is maybe changing that word, changing it from discipline to devotion. Right? I think I feel devotion because that's what I feel when you everything you said there until you said discipline. It's like, oh, that's devotion. I've I'm devotional to myself, so my innate sensitivities that are already inside me, they come up and out to either connect to the children I already have or to open myself to receive the downloads of the children that are coming in through the birth process, right? So it's it's always this beautiful love boomerang back into our hearts and then out again, right? Lucy, I want to step back a little bit here and just I want to honor Cara in the comments. Cara's just sharing and is resonating with you, Lucy. I've been a stay-at-home mom for 15 years now, and I believe that children choose us, and I meditate with my children and and on my own. And um, I think it's a beautiful example of really what we're talking about here today. Can we go back, Lucy? And I, I, I want to speak about the landing pad here in a second, creating a landing pad for the soul to come in. But we... I want to close this thread. So we gave the example of a general hospital birth, a home birth would be obviously out of the hospital with maybe a doula, a midwife, some people holding space, but then a free birth and correct me if I'm wrong is the female solo. Is that correct? Yeah. So it can be uh, one or two variations. So, um, you can still have a doula present because they are not medically trained, so they just become a support system. That's what we chose to do because we had um, moved um, from our home environment and um, we were in an, an, a completely new area and we didn't know anyone. I didn't know. We knew a few people, but we didn't know anyone that could be a helping hand in the birthing process, so I sought out um, in this environment, they like to call themselves birth keepers because what they believe is that they're space holders and they're not here to interact with birth. They're not here to um, be an intervention, intervene in any, any way. Um, they literally are just space holders and they will help, you know, um, help clean up and and get you a cup of tea and and things like that but you know through the process of pregnancy there just can be a nice nice beautiful human being to connect with so that by the time they enter your birthing space they feel like they're a soul part of the soul family and and I and I, I did feel like that I have um obviously at the time of this third birth I had my my two sons my husband and our 
his father, so my father-in-law living with us, and I was like, oh, that's a lot of men. (laughs) That's a lot of male energy, which is really beautiful because I know stuff's going to get done and I'm going to be taken care of, but um, I wanted that female presence and she was incredible and she very much is like I'm not here to birth. So the free birthing is just woman and birth support person, whether that you know or birth partner, um in the space and you do everything yourself. You um you know cut the cord or you have a, a, a burning of the cord ceremony or a lotus birth. There's there's so many variations within that. But um everything is just you birthing your own baby and it is um a a lot of women are choosing this path right now because um it's so empowering yeah i and i think lucy it's it's a remembering right i think i I spoke about this before when you were speaking about hospital and uh, home births I think when we when we awaken, some of us have the illusion that we're awakening to truth that exists outside of us. And a part of it is that. But I think a deeper awareness is a in the awakening, it's more of a remembering of things that we've already done before. So if if you're a, a powerful soul that is tuning into this free birth option, I think a part of the reason it feels so empowering is because you've done this before, right? You think about how how many thousands of years we've lived in those tribes that we alluded to earlier. These would have been the options, right? These would have been the options. And, and, I, and, I, and I don't want to overlook the, the very real situation in which both mothers and babies did not make it, right? The, the, you know, these things did happen. But there, there was also all the mothers that did, all the mothers, the mothers that were empowered, all the mothers that did activate. So, again, another reason for this chat I wanted to have today with you, Lucy, is to reactivate, reactivate some of this power that I think most of us are coming back to naturally in many ways. Can I ask Lucy here now? I want to talk about the landing pad. And we talked about this briefly in our previous chat. And you mentioned a technology called the liquid crystals as one of the ways to add and add into that landing pad. And it's just people to go listen to that conversation to get more on that. But can you explain the importance? Uh, I'd love to hear you speak to why do we need to create a landing pad for the soul coming in that will be birthing through us? Yeah. Um, I love this question and it's it's often overlooked because there's so much focus on pregnancy and, and the actual act of birth and then, I don't know, sort of like this big empty space afterwards where you're just, you know, kind of going in, in, in that unconscious way. You could go into survival mode and just just you know, your nervous system hypes up and then you're just constantly taking care of this little, little beautiful being. And, but, you know, just to go back to the the conversation that led you into this, which is, you know, when you birth and, and I don't want to dismiss um, any woman or any mother or any birthing person from, from this, but when you, when you birth in your full power, so whatever that birth looks like for you, it's the birth that you choose and you want. You really activate those divine um, light codes, those mother codes, mm. and 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 when the when the the I'm going to say man because I have a husband Le- and he was my birth support. Lucy, can I ask just to inject here? Can you explain for people that don't know what you just said? The what are light codes? What are divine mother light codes? Yeah, so, <laughs> excuse me, we come into this world as 100%, I mean, 99.9999% energy. That That is literally what we are. And we are a culmination of, of light and frequency. And throughout our life, 
depending on the journey that we take, different aspects of us are switched on or off. And um, when it's when it's time, when we go through initiation of some sort, uh, in this particular case, becoming mother and, and father, or in, very much in particular mother, those codes, that, that light frequency, that aspect of our, it's DNA, but it's also our soul encodement that is woven through the DNA, the RNA and the DNA, is, is switched on. And to put it more simply, it for women, it really is our instinctual body, our instincts, our ability to, you know, weave that mother essence is switched on when women don't get to birth the way they want to birth or there's some kind of trauma in that birth it it does take away from that divine process of switching online and not to say you can't come back to that space of being fully activated but you're going to have to work through the trauma to get there again yeah and Lucy, I think a big part of this, <laughs> another way that you could describe from a um, from a mental health healing psychoanalytical lens, another way to describe this these mother light codes are the archetypes that we step into, right? And when we a baby comes in, we're in the birthing process, we're opening up to the mother archetype. But then when we're traumatized, as you're describing beautifully, it can be very easy for us, especially if we're not mindful, right? Especially if we don't have that meditation practice that we were speaking about, we can become the archetype of the victim, right? We can we can become the archetype of our, our own wounded inner child that is reliving the same birth trauma that may be as a pattern now coming up from our childhood, now coming up in the birthing of our physical child. So does that resonate with your experience, my friend? Do you see, is there a link here between these these archetypes within this sort of light code conversation? Yeah, definitely. And, you know, it it's quite difficult to, to mother if, you know, the archetype of the wounded maiden is yes. is active <laughs> because the wounded maiden is is the young girl that hasn't matured, is not is still needing to be looked after is not ready to mother and then suddenly you're given this huge responsibility to to care for this divine little being this soul and and there's the synchronicity of 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 the energy that is needed you know to be that mother isn't quite switched online and you know if it doesn't happen in the birthing process it needs to happen afterwards through the healing and and that's across the board with you know as as you know because you speak a lot about it with any trauma because we can when trauma is active in us we we're acting out of various archetypes or archetypical energies and and they become like layers or shadows or filters um that we have to, you know that, that lenses that you know yeah. that we that we filter through. that we filter through that we filter yeah. our 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 divine consciousness through right and in yeah. yeah this brings up a really interesting point that i want to share here birthing and i've heard many people share this experience and maybe you had this to a degree my friend and if you're listening live you can share this in the comments if you experience this but birthing in some instances is very psychedelic right it's very you we spoke before about the euphoria that you went through and i would what i would question people here to ask is why is that so right what what is what is happening here in many ways when we move through all those masks those archetypes those those elements that sometimes can take us away under all that much like death the transition between states is thin so if your heart is open and you're mindful of the de-identification of the masks and the wounds and the pain, then there's a lot of divine presence coming through, both you, the child, the father, the mother, and everyone involved. 
Is that, was that your experience, Lucy? Yeah, absolutely. And um, just to give you an, an example, um, obviously my story was a beautiful one because as I stepped more and more into my power, my births subsequently became um, much more surrendered and much more um, euphoric and to the point where my third birth was um, very quick and very beautiful and and the my second and my third birth were absolute manifestations of my divine vision and I, and I worked for that through meditation and through you know working through layers of trauma but um, when she was born the peace that she had the the tranquility the you could just tell it was there was no filth. I had not imprinted her with any kind of trauma. She was born into this world as she and I co-agreed to be mm-hmm. born. And, um, you know, that does imprint, you know, who they are in the world. And that's, you know, going back to that conversation of landing pad is if we as the birthers and, and we have the support that we need, to create that safe sanctuary to to birth without trauma, um, it, it becomes a euphoric experience. Uh, I was terrified of pain moving into my first pregnant uh, first birth, and and my first birth affirmed that mm. that that it was something I never wanted to do again because it was terrible. It's interesting, Lucy. You you pointed out that you were worried and had this fear and then it manifested in your reality, right? You, you, where your attention goes, your energy flows, right? So this, this conversation around birthing and all the different options and aspects we've been speaking about today, it's no different to any other spiritual conversation. We, again, this is why I want to underline this within this chat today. It's not about, it's not an awe conversation, right? It's about, releasing pain, releasing, or not releasing pain, releasing fear and the illusions of separation that keep us from where our heart is pulling us, right? This is why this is heart-centered birthing, right? Because that heart is the seat of our highest good in many ways. Lucy, let's flow here onto another topic I want to hit on before we have to wrap up here today. And this one is a big topic, and we we're speaking about this before we started recording, and we might have to do another conversation just on it in itself. But I do want to—I want to keep it sort of higher level to give some support and guidance here for mothers and fathers looking to conceive and birth as a sensitive soul, because I'm—I'm picturing myself in this boat as a sensitive soul that wants to conceive and then give birth to a child. I can see that if my heart is pulling me to the to a hospital birth for whatever reason, I can see as a sensitive soul that having known and understood about all the things that are at play within a hospital setting, that there's a lot of fear there, right? a lot of fear consciousness, and you explain that in one of your stories. So I'm wondering that how can you, what tips would you provide to new mothers, new fathers, that are looking to birth in a hospital, that are sensitive, empathic, how do we start to lean into that option while also sort of moving through all the fear that's going to come up, moving up all of the, you know, the beliefs, the stories, and the very justified concern? Yeah, I love that. And, you know, one of the things that my first birth which was in hospital taught me was well it actually healed my relationship with the idea of being in hospital which was really beautiful for me and that was empowering that was an empowering moment and of course you know it led me to never needing to go to hospital again because I had overcome that but I guess if we start from the beginning if somebody desires a hospital birth to look at what is what is it that you want 
what is it that you're seeking from mm. that hospital birth? Is it that you want assurance? Is it, um, you know, um, that you want, um, you know, a team of medical support? Why are you feeling more safe in a hospital than at home? Because you can still get a midwife and have that medically trained person in your home with systems in place where, you know, you are taken care of if there's there's an emergency and you are you obviously can transfer to hospital. And so there's a lot of systems in place that make hospital, uh, sorry, home birth, very, very safe. So first questioning, I guess, the why. And if the why truly is that that you want to go to hospital, but there's fears around um, around it. Usually the fears are around having your personal power taken away, taken away from you. And it's very important um, to find people within this, the hospital system that you feel aligned to. You don't have to love them like your best friend, but it has to feel like a safe space and they need to respect your wishes, your needs. Um, a lot of a lot of um, suggestions that, you know, tips that I got given by my midwife that I worked with for the first and second pregnancy is to have all of your um, boundaries written down, you know, and and to the person that is supporting you. So if you are a support person for your your whoever is birthing your beautiful child in the future is that you are that person as a man or the support support person whether they're man or woman is the person that holds the boundaries for that woman because the hospital system is not allowed to do anything that the woman says no to and it's and and I think there's a lot of I think that's really the the fear the crux of the fear is that oh if if I go to hospital I might not get to birth the way I want to birth I was just saying there needs to be no judgment and still yes. working on the fears. There's still an opportunity to work and resolve and heal those, those fears. And one other thing that's really um, interesting is to also look at your own personal birth stories. So the way that you were, you were birthed into the world and where is that fear coming from and what was your mother holding on to at the time? So, again, it all comes back to tuning in and making a decision from a place of love yeah, and a place of feeling, knowing that, you know, all opportunities are on the table when it comes to birth. You know, if you want a free birth, that is possible. If you want a hospital birth in your own terms, that is possible. Yeah. I think that is one of the messages I want to really leave this conversation with. But before we get to that, Lucy, I just, as you're breaking up there, I wanted to add in the, the emphasis on what you're describing around writing down your boundaries. And I'd really encourage people to look up. We talked about archetypes in this conversation. We talked about the mother archetype and the victim archetype and the, the wounded, uh, the, the wounded, um, what do you call it? The wounded, wounded maiden, maiden. That's the one, the, the archetype that we all myself included, have a dysfunctional relationship with is the Imago Day or our relationship to higher power, right? Most of us have grown up in dynamics where we have been taught that our higher power is something outside of us, whether that is a man on a cloud, whether that is the government, whether that is our mum, our dad, etc. If that archetype is still active in the unhealthy polarity, then you're going to go into the hospital. And of course, that's going to be activated because this, this polarity wants to be shifted, right? It wants to come back to its natural state of internal balance, internal power. So I, I just think that that practice that you outlined of writing all of the boundaries down and where it can be sort of strengthened and emphasized you know, I, I can just imagine it would be very supportive to me, right? And I know all the sensitive souls listening can really appreciate that. Lucy, we're coming to the end of this chat and we might have to do another conversation because I have like 
checking my questions. I have like 10 more questions I wanted to ask you, but we'll do another conversation. I guess where I want you to wrap things up is as a heart-centered, conscious, spiritual parent that's looking to birth, what's a sort of final message that you can leave either an expecting mother or a father who's supporting the mother to best guide them into the birthing ceremony that's optimal for them? I love that. Oh, just that it's time that we remember that, you know, especially the birthing person, the woman, that we are the experts of our own divine self, of our own body. We know, and I have experienced this, when you drown out the noise and you tap into yourself, your own intuition will guide you to the most divine outcome. It really does. And when we start to place that power back in self, it is the most magical thing. It really is. And that is the energy that is going to give you strength in the parenting journey, is the reclamation of your own personal power moving forward with all the beautiful challenges that children bring and life brings moving forward. And they're not even challenges. They're they're beautiful learning opportunities and growth opportunities, but the power is within. Mm. It really is. And women, you said it before, women have been doing this for so long. It's encoded. It's the other thing that it is encoded in our DNA. We know how to birth. We're born with the physiology to birth. So don't, you know, to anyone listening that is questioning whether they can do it or not or whether they can do it with or without drugs or with or without, you know, pain relief, it's we were born to do this without any intervention. Yeah. It's... I'm so happy that you're you're ending with this because it's I think it's easy, and I say this with so much compassion and love for all the parents out there, either expecting or who have children already. It's so easy to look at the birthing process as a sickness, especially within the the hospital setting, right? And again, with no judgment if the hospital is for you, but you need to make sure that when you're in that hospital setting, you still, hold that truth that you know another way of saying this is you know i was doing some research yesterday and this was a message that kept coming through me as i was observing right a mother who's who's pregnant is not just powerful like you're saying but is connected to her divine creation energy right birth is the creation process it is it is the space in which we're sort of most supercharged with our divine creation energy. So not only is it natural, not only is it powerful, but we spend so much time looking for creativity outside of us. But when we're in the presence of a mother, you know, it's, it's in her field, it's there. So I, I think it's moving from the sickness under the limiting belief to power, to divinity in many ways and this pure creation energy that even just as as men on the outside or women on the outside looking in we can pick up on right and we can use that for inspiration does that resonate Lucy? yeah Yeah, absolutely and you know with that in mind there lies the power for us to create the birth that we desire yeah and, you know, we can maybe we have a conversation around this another time, but because that's what I love helping women with is is really honing in on their vision and moving through any limiting belief systems to clear the pathway so that they can create the environment for birthing that they desire. And that's been my experience. I, I created the time I wanted to birth, the, the, how long my birth was, you know, I'm not saying that people 
would need to do that. I had a lot of surrender in that too. I, I'm not trying to say that I had a rigid mentality, but I had moved to a place where I was in pure creation mode. And during my pregnancy, I was encoding the information to my child as it was growing that this was the environment, this was going to be the ideal environment for us to birth in. And did he or she want to participate? And my births, you know, the second and third birth happened down to a T of exactly how I wanted it based on what was going to make me feel most peaceful at the time. You manifested it from that divine creation energy. And yeah. I think this is we are we are and and not and men are not excluded, but we are powerful beings as humans. And we have this ability to create and uh giving birth, the whole process shows us that. Well, lovely Lucy, it's been a pleasure to have this chat with you again and this cosmic dance for all the people tuning in live or listening to the podcast episode. I hope this has brought you value today. I hope this has inspired you. If you're a mother already, a father already, or you're looking to add some more conscious, heartfelt birthing practices to your upcoming delivery, I hope this has given you some insight. Uh, Lucy, you alluded to it a second ago, but for people interested, I'm going to put this in the show notes as always, but is what are you doing in the world? I know you you work with individual souls in this realm. Do you want to share anything for people that want to reach out and connect? Yeah. So at the moment, I do do one on work one on one work with um, people, um, not exclusively women, but predominantly women. And you know that can be any any woman in any stage of of their journey. It doesn't it's not specific just specifically related to birthing, but. Uh, very much at this time of my life, um, I've been guided and drawn to working with women who um, are really looking to activate that um, inner personal divine power and that creative essence. So, you know, whether they're a young woman looking to birth themselves into the world or whether they're a, a woman who's just become pregnant and looking to you know, move, like I said before, through those those layers and, and really create an environment for a beautiful, um, fear-free birth or an empowered birth. I don't want to say fear-free, uh, just, you know, doing the work that's necessary. Um, and then I work with a lot of women just in general, navigating how to move through those different phases of life especially the mother mother phase and and navigate and and find that space those spaces of equilibrium and peace and love and harmony within you know the scope of our you know busy lives the the human the human messiness that comes in and all Mm -hmm. the systems at play that make it difficult well i i I want to give you love, Lucy. You're a divine being, and I'm sure people tuning in have got to experience that. And I say this a lot on the show, and I just want to add this in here. Whatever it is that's on your heart that you're looking for support around, what I think is most important is not just the tools that the person uses. So whether it be, you know, something spiritual, something psychoanalytical, something, you know, physical, these are all important. But what's more important is the frequency of love that the soul channels through those tools. And I think we've all got to experience that divine frequency that Lucy is today, that she channels through this parenting and birthing lens. So Lucy, thank you for joining me. Thank you for the cosmic dance as always. For people, you're welcome, Lucy. For people tuning in on, on live on Facebook, YouTube, and LinkedIn, Thank you for joining us. If you have comments, leave them in the chat. For people listening on the podcast, please share this out if it brought you value. But until next time, we love you unconditionally. We send you light. We send you love. And we'll talk again soon. Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Cosmic Love Antenna with me, your host, Harrison. If you gained value or this episode hit your heart, please remember to share this out with a friend, a family member, or a lover. 
You can also leave your love over on Apple Reviews and Spotify Star Feedback, and this helps me spread my frequency to more souls in need. Finally, if you want to connect with me deeper, want to reach out, interested in coaching, please follow me on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and LinkedIn at Harrison Ma, Ma spelled M-E-A-G-H-E-R. Sending you so much love. Are you ready to record our promo for season two of the Wanna Bet podcast? David, have you ever seen a grown man naked? Miles, we're not here to quote lines from Airplane. We're here to tell people that season two starts August 18th. But I like Airplane. I know you do, but Wanna Bet is a sports betting podcast. Each week we bet $1,000 on the NFL teams and games that we love. Well, that sounds like fun. It is fun. And last year you picked over 60% of your games correctly. How'd you do? We're not talking about that. We are telling people that they can find us every Friday. No more movie quotes. Roger, Roger. Electric Hi, I'm Lessa Cadet, host of her Extraordinary Life by Design podcast, where we celebrate women who are shaping their lives one extraordinary day at a time. I speak with women from all over the world about what they do and how they are passionately pursuing their dreams and creating meaningful impacts on their communities. So come join us and learn about all there is to learn about these extraordinary women. Electric acid.